Welcome back and thank you for joining us again. Buckle up as we continue the conversation. There's something very powerful that you mentioned, uh, actually, because this is how culture punishes us. You were saying something that um, culture threatens us with uh, three wounds. Mm, Remember? Because, I mean, there's a reason why we would follow culture so hard (laughs) and neglect ourselves in the process and betray ourselves because the pain or the wound is abandonment. Mm. is shame and it's betrayal and you know those are not nice like any human being uh i guess in our makeup those are real threats so why would you want to go through the fire (laughs) exactly and that talks to i mean you're talking to the third section of the book Mm. broken up into four sections so the third section is the purgatory where she talks about beginning the cleansing right so how do you cleanse something that you don't know what it is so you need to identify what is it that you're dealing with so what Mm. you're talking to is exactly those monsters right those are the monsters that drive us to wanting to override our own truths right yeah because you don't want to be abandoned you don't want to you don't want to feel like you're betraying anybody and you don't want to be shame or shame another person, right? Mm. So it's um, it's very interesting um, that, you know, if you go into that, um, I think also I find that trauma, past trauma, can also um, instill those, those uh, what do you call these? Those, it's not emotions per se, but Is it's it a wounds or... Yeah. It's a wound, right? I think it's wounds, yeah. <laughs> it's wounds. It's wounds. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because so... maybe you experienced something that felt you, that made you feel abandoned in mm. your previous, you know, life. That yeah. is now a trauma point. Like, you know how that exactly. feels like. And you don't want to go there again. You know yeah. what I mean? So what's interesting to build on what you're saying, Maviva, some of the trauma is subconscious, right Mm -hmm. and you you just react there's a part in the book where she talks about um doing doing one of her one of the lectures and the i think it was the ladies they were one of the ladies or it was a group of ladies that were talking about rape right oh yeah that section is hectic (gasps) ran out she ran out of class not knowing it was such a reflex response to what she was hearing she had no clue yeah right yeah and eventually she uh through therapy and whatever else that she did comes to a buried wound can you imagine the body remembers the body remembers the body so i mean this this one is just so powerful yeah. And I would really love us to just have time set aside just to talk about the the fact that the body remembers. remembers yeah. Because I think in that story, so these ladies, like she was in a class, like you say, they were talking yeah. about rape. And then suddenly she just felt like there were ants crawling under her skin, like, like a really serious body reaction. Yeah. Yeah. She dashes yeah. out of the lecture room and collapses on the way. Oh, yes. she, she gets taken to hospital and... 
uh, they, the doctors then say she needs to do an urgent surgery, right? Because they yeah. find scar tissue. Oh, yes. It's that a, a scar she knows nothing about. And then oh, the story yes. unfolds from there. Then she starts getting flashbacks of something that was totally hidden from her memory. Like an old, um, what would you say? Like an old um, thing that happened. Yes. Obviously, it was very traumatic for a very young uh, person. And it's hidden, like she was not aware of it. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's crazy. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Right. So we are working with things that we may not even remember consciously. Consciously. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, so. it's, a, it's a mind-bending stuff, but it's really worth going into, you know, uh, because the fear of abandonment, these three wounds, mm. um, after identifying them, I feel like, you know, you, you get to a place of, it puts you in a place of courage because I see why she calls this the cleansing, just awareness of us. There's nobody that's exempt from these wounds, right? Because they mm. range from what she shared, which is like hectic um, past experiences like rape, but it's not necessarily just hectic things. There's small things that we experience, like yeah. in a class, maybe you, the teacher said, sit down when you were young. You, you always give me wrong answers. I mean, it's, this is mm. not to the book. I'm just making an example mm. where you mm. felt rejected in that moment, right? And that rejection um, can, as you grow up, be interpreted by your body as abandonment, right? Yeah. What does that do? In a boardroom, you don't want to participate now because uh, subconsciously this wound is playing out that, you know what, yeah. I don't want to say nothing here because I'm just going to be shot down, you yeah. know? Yeah. So um, it's really, yeah, but the awareness of the wound, just being aware that I think for me, I want to say, first of all, nobody is exempt. Just that gives you yeah. courage right? To say, look, mm. you might be a high uh, top class or whatever, high achieving, whoever, but you also have your wounds. There's things mm. that you need to deal with. Yeah. And being previewed to this work and knowledge, um, you are just a bit more courageous to, 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 to align yourself to your truth. I think that's, mm. that's mm. ultimately the, the point to the book, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I like that you bring up this subtle, um, subtle trauma, subtle everything, because, you know, this is the kind of, like, self-awareness is one of the uh, most powerful tools to develop leaders. Mm. All leadership programs that you find will talk to you about finding more about yourself, understanding yourself, mm. because when you do that, when you, when you even look at your own life experiences with compassion, to say, you know what, that was not the best decision I took, yeah. but I've got compassion because I had limited knowledge. Will I do it the same way again, knowing what I know? Maybe not. Mm. That process of having compassion to yourself then helps you have empathy towards other people, other people. because I'm... then you'll be a better leader, right? So if anything, the book is about self-development, which makes you be a better person towards yourself mm. and those that are around you, period. Mm. Like... Mm. If you want to grow, then this is where you put the work. One of my favorite uh, takeaways from this particular uh, section 
is one the one about filling your time with life i just like that because mm. it just feels at first it, it feels very self-indulgent like mm. what do you mean i must fill my time with things that i love to do i mean that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that does not always pay the bills <clears throat> you know but the good thing is that you would have done the work before to actually realize but oh i think my value is in paying the bills and that's what I, all i'm living for in this life mm. it doesn't feel true to me i actually feel that i can be way more than just a person who just pay bills you know what i mean mm. so this part talks about filling your time with life and i do think there's a, there are superficial challenges that say do you boo yeah. i know that's triggering for you oh, as well gosh. because we've had this conversation before Listen. <laughs> Do you, boo? Um, you know, when you, when you don't even know who you are, mm. how do you do you, right? So do some introspection, get yourself in the right frame of mind, and then do you truly, like, you know, um, aligned to your values and aligned yeah. to your truths. Uh, oh. So that was interesting. For real. I mean, just really to build on the do you, because as we are doing now, I think I want to call it pop culture. It's so pop. It's like popcorn <laughs> culture. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> because it's really um, taking things at face level, you know, mm. and running with them and causing so much harm and heartache to other people, right? Um, in the name of doing you. Um, so really, the, 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 the understanding of yourself and also understanding that it's continuous is is you know you said it Magviva, it's it's very important it's very important mm. because what ends up help, help happening if it's not coming from the right place it does come across selfish and very crass yeah you know and you end up negating responsibilities because i'm a mom i'm a mom i can't just do me i mean what happens to my family if i'm forever mm. doing me right but i just want to say having done a bit of the work and still having a lot more to do what i have personally discovered in this space for example um it's little things like in the morning for me i've discovered that i love having tea in the sun i know that you also enjoy the sun right mm. so in the morning intentionally as long as it's not cold i will pull up my chair i will sit in my balcony i will look at my garden i will listen to the birds and drink my tea it's a small thing but it gives me so much joy i feel like in that moment it i could drink this tea for the whole day and i feel like that <laughs> is how you know that you're doing something that's aligned to your to your soul you know it's talking mm. to your soul um mm. yeah so i feel like that's one thing i have started doing that i really mm. really truly enjoy. you have to pull me away mommy we have to go to school or whatever then yeah. I'm like, okay, life has to go on <laughs> yeah Okay, Mbali, so now let's look at the last section of the book. It's called Paradise, and it has about three chapters. So this mm -hmm. section of the book talks about um, almost the last phase uh, of, of this process of self-development, and it looks at concepts like awakening, enlightenment. 
How did you find this section of the book? How Martha introduced us to the whole concept of enlightenment, I liked because she was referring to her own personal experience, uh, which was, I mean, I, I, I found it, it was interesting that when I read it, what I found interesting was that she linked it to uh, enlightenment. When I read it, I just thought this is such a weird experience of feeling, I don't know whether she was feeling overwhelmed and then just went for a run and then found herself standing under a waterfall uh, at a nearby, um, I don't know whether it was a, I think it's just a nature spot where there's a waterfall where she ran into and she stood under the water and the water fell on on her head right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um obviously reading that it sounds like sure somebody's just losing their mind or something <laughs> you know mm. it's just something that's not right but obviously uh as as she writes this book she had done research on on some of these concepts which i picked up that um they were they were mostly eastern eastern influenced right uh i think in her research the fact that she was able to identify that moment as her awakening uh for me was interested i found that to be very personal to her and the reason i'm saying this like how i'm saying it i have a very um i'm very skeptical uh around this whole concept of enlightenment and awakening because there's so much around this out there right yeah so as I read the book honestly this part I just accepted as her experience that I could enlightenment yeah Mm. of enlightenment because of whatever work she did and whatever she's read and she was able to identify that um that experience for herself Mm. as an awakening and enlightenment she obviously, uh, beyond the the Eastern uh, literature that she that that helped her to actually identify this as an awakening, she does also refer to some scientific research on neurology, right? That uh, I think on the Western side, somewhat also confirms this whole concept of awakening. So for me, it was really new information that I was really consuming as an observer and uh, probably something that I would have I would also personally uh, like to do my own research on it sounds interesting enough because we are talking about psychology and whatnot and yes Martha Beck is a scientist uh, to her credit but I feel like uh, just to understand and link all these things to an awakening is something that I would like to do for myself as far mm. as the, as that awakening idea, you know, specific. Mm. I don't know how you, mm. how you related to it. Yeah. So when I read about an, an awakening in my head, I'm just thinking of it as um, just coming to a new realization about something and mm. for some people, that may come like a truckload, right? Like something massive happens. But for mm. some, it may come as smaller moments. 
Um, so that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, okay. Enlightenment and awakening, yes, it is associated a lot with um, Eastern cultures, let's say Buddhism. Um, but what was interesting for me is that she was also talking about how there is scientific uh, proof around this from neurologists. So it is a thing. Um, it's something that you can actually measure uh, in terms of brain waves and that kind of science, you know, that happens mm -hmm. to us. So I like that, uh, that it's backed by something because it's not just like a, uh, an airy-fairy thing, you know, that you go away today and come back with a completely different understanding. And people may not know, are you faking this? Because just yesterday mm -hmm. you were saying, <laughs> you were saying something completely different, you know, yeah. but you come back today renewed. So I think it's a renewal thing, you know? Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, and she yeah. talks about elevating your understanding to, um, you know, to the, to a space and a belief that, at the end of the day, we are all one with nature. And I really do think that uh, the Eastern cultures are getting up quite big on this. Um, mm. I think Christianity also does kind of look at this with a slightly different perspective, that mm. at the end of the day, we are one. We are one body, you know, um, with nature. So people, nature, plants, um, mm. we are all one, which I found quite interesting. But what does all of this mean in terms of, the journey that we've been through. So we have looked at, you know, what's making us um, feel uh, unfulfilled. We have done introspection. Now we are acting out these new truths and putting them in our lives. And I think the whole story here is that after you have done all of these right things, then the rest of the journey actually takes care of itself because it delivers you in a space where you look at, like, you know, those concepts around when you do good things, good things come back to you. Mm. When you are aligned and you are in, in, oh, yeah, this is powerful. When you are aligned and you are in, in and you are in integrity, you find your home. Mm. And all the things that you've been praying for have actually been, been delivered to your home address. Mm. Um, and when you have not, in, uh, you have not been, at home because you are busy living mm -hmm. other lives mm -hmm. other than your life. And when you find your home, all the things that you pray for and that are aligned to who you are truly are being delivered. And I really mm -hmm. found that powerful because mm -hmm. I found that because I'm coming from a Christian background, mm -hmm. you know, there was some resonance with that to say, you know, God promises us all these things, we also have to act in such a way that we do good in the world and good will come to us. That's so, so amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is really powerful, my friend. It is powerful. And I think as you are talking, for me, um, something is coming home in this moment, right? As you are talking. Because in all honesty, when I read it, I was, I think because there's so much information around this awakening, but um, when you're referring to the major things and small things that can bring you to that place, I'm asking myself, specific to me, was the burnout the awakening, right? I could mm. tell it, right, based on what we're talking about. Mm. And if you don't, if you don't um, 
go deep in that understanding of whatever awakening more because it's a very deep concept right and you have to be truly aware to be able to identify these moments right because if you don't do that I feel like what you're talking about then happens because you haven't um, if I'm understanding you correctly the awakening brings you to your home right Mm. but if you haven't identified that home then you still even after the awakening, you will be busy with other things that are not talking. Yeah, because you haven't woken up uh, you to the new reality. Um, you haven't I come guess. home, right? Yeah, you haven't come home. Yeah. You haven't come home. And I feel like, again, outside of this book, this book helps you to put structure to that. And I think that's why I really, really recommend this book. Because without the structure, then you sort of fall into that loop of being pulled by socialization and culture because that voice is much louder in this world, you know, versus your own awakening. And I I, I think that also talks to um, the difficulty of, the possible difficulty of you staying in your truth because society wants what it wants and you need to be very, uh, strong in your truth as well, which is your home um, that you've just spoken about, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. know if if what I'm saying makes makes sense. Just that if you mm-hmm. haven't identified in summary what I'm saying, that awakening or the home, it's still easy to fall back into doing things based on external reasoning rather than mm-hmm. internal reasoning. Mm-hmm. that's so okay. true that's so true yeah um so, yeah so i mean that's pretty cool um, yeah. um i just wanted to, uh i have a question man linked to this paradise um just before I, I think the penny dropped for me you were talking about um how in this chapter she introduces us to uh how then this links to to things at a societal level, right? Mm. And the book talks about what happens to us when we split ourselves from our true nature, which is our truth, um, because of external and cultural standards, right, that we've been referring to. Then it provides practical steps and exercises on how we can find our way back home. Now, um, I want to ask you, looking at our local environment, in society in Johannesburg specifically South Africa versus where the author is based which is in the states would you say the concepts are relevant here in South Africa Um, yeah if not why if so how Mm, interesting yeah so that's a good question because I always love to interrogate these things and like uh is it for Americans or or is it for everyone right because there's no doubt about it we're in Africa and we come across a a lot of content from all over the world but we have to really look at these things and say how does this impact me where I am right now yeah yeah so I mean this is quite interesting because something tells me that as human beings, we somehow all go through the same stages of life, mm-hmm. but depending on which part of the world we're from, we have our own language about what we interpret from that stage of life. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, so in my head already, I'm thinking about our traditional practices in South Africa, uh, mm. where, for example, a person feels that things are not working out for them and they need to consult, um, you know, with a traditional healer or to consult with their ancestors, you know. Mm. So that's still pretty big um, in South Africa. And that's how I think we we find language to look into these things from a traditional sense. Of course, there's also other parts of it like Christianity. Um, then there's also spirituality, uh, Buddhism, and all these different influences. So if you look at the mm-hmm. different stages mm-hmm. that are talked about in the book, <laughs> and I think about what are some of our biggest challenges in South Africa, like um, the rate of suicides. Obviously, depression is something that we're dealing with a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Here, we're dealing with racism, you know, which is a scourge in our country. We're dealing with inequality, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yep. I'm thinking about, um, for example, if you look at the phase where Martha talks about um, all these worldly um, um aspirations that we have so we are empowered we we've got all these good skills that can move us from point one to point b but actually the choices that we make are not true to really what we should be aiming for and we instead maybe getting um distracted from our true paths and chasing the wrong things so all i'm saying is that in terms of living a life of duplicity um, and pursuing maybe the wrong things and not even doing introspection, uh, this may lead to depression for mm. most people. Mm. Um, it may also lead to, if you don't know yourself very well and you're hard on yourself, because truth be told, in South Africa, no matter what race you are, you have been affected by racism. You have been affected by apartheid that happened. That is our wound as a country. Mm. Um, and when do we start healing that wound if yeah. we are not even willing to look inside and talk about what's going on? Mm. Um, you know, so ugh, there's just so many things that popped mm. up for me to say. Um, if our ability to make change in our society is by changing ourselves and looking deep down, then maybe this book is one way of starting that process mm. to say, let's all. Uh, be better people so that we can impact our society in a better way yeah no I agree Maviva. honestly I would be repeating all that you said but um, I think on my side as well um, I realize that there's a lot of people who um, don't know that well they know that they lost right uh, especially after the pandemic a lot of people are feeling lost um, and they end up finding themselves. For example, I just want to zoom in into the re- religious um, uh, playing field in South Africa where there's just been a lot of churches that are mushrooming all over the place, right? And if you're a person, I mean, I'm putting myself in a person's shoe who, who's feeling lost, anybody that looks like is feeling sure looks very attractive right mm. and because and they look like they know what they're talking about um without 
thinking or researching or doing any kind of work to confirm what I'm feeling. I feel like we work on feelings <laughs> as mm. a culture. I feel like this person is knows what they're talking about, so I'm going to go follow them. And sadly, uh, I mean, in the news in the past, it's come to light that people end up finding themselves in churches where they have to eat grass and drink mm. petrol and all these things that are harmful, right? Mm. Um, in the in the plight of of trying to get out of this of this uh, lost space they find themselves, you know. So uh, Martha Beck talks about teachers, right? And and ironically, how she's referring to how how she's referring to that concept is is in a positive light, right? She says that when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Right. And it's a concept that is universal. However, we are saying as things are, um, we should not just take anybody, you know, any Tom, Dick and Harry who looks like they know what they're talking about as Mm. the teacher that is now showing up in a space where I feel as a student, I'm ready. Right. We just need to be very cautious around that. Right. And I feel like. If you read this book, you sort of develop your muscle of discernment as well, which is key to navigating this um, this field, especially yeah. re- the religious field, you know. So just linking it back to this book, I feel like mm. it will definitely help you to develop that muscle of yeah. being able to identify what is and what it's not specific to our she does have some clear guidance on how to know when you've when you're coming across a scam soul teacher so great takeaway man this book is packed it's packed uh it's so hard to get to all the corners but i think we leave that uh to anyone who's going to be reading it it is packed with a lot of helpful insights um we can't do enough justice, uh, but no. uh, I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to review it. Uh, I've been looking forward to this day for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that uh, obviously because our platform here is all about covering, you know, this kind of stuff, we're going to have some future um, uh, episodes just looking at some of the takeaways from here. I mean, I've noted down the whole concept about the body remembers Mm. I've noted down uh, the concept between, um, you know, pain versus suffering um, Mm -hmm. and the three wounds archetypes uh, that uh, those abandonment, shame Mm. uh, and betrayal. So I think there's a lot more to unpack in future episodes uh, Mm. and I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was just an amazing um, book, first of all. Yeah. The conversation was phenomenal. Thank you. We'd like to take this opportunity to just thank everybody that's taken time out of their lives to listen to our podcast. And we hope you will join us on the next ones that uh, we promise will be packed with interesting insight, as was the case for this one. We hope you have gained something of value from our talk. If you get it, you get it. And if you don't, forget about it.